Morning, P. What's good? It's Nick Lewis from the Lulu Logic Podcast. Just wanted to give you a shout out, man. Loving the podcast. Keep it rocking, homie. Yo, what's going on? Is the one and only Vex Kobo, Inevitable Gorilla. Just begin up my boy, Parnell. Make sure you listen to his podcast, The Morning P, before you take your P in the morning. All right, bless. When the fuck was that? On this episode, we talk about how you're never going to be good enough, how digging deeper into the bullshit may be the best thing for you, and I respond to the comments about me made by Chant Maker and Big Phil on the Everyday Talk podcast. Coming up next on The Morning P. Good morning, stop counting, wake up and get your paper. Good morning, stop yawning, wake up and get your cake up, it's your boy King Kong, the one and only and the only one, telling you to wash your face, brush your teeth, cause it is time for the morning pee. So without further ado, from the podcast that doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, put your hands together for your host, Podcast P. Woo! Hey, welcome back to the Morning P Podcast. I am your host, Parnell Ramlal, and the world is a million shades of gray. There's a lot of bullshit in the world. I spent the majority of my creative existence trying to shine a light on that bullshit. And as a result, I've had to dig deeper into issues and into myself, especially if I've ever wanted to have anything new or interesting to say on the topics without sounding like a hypocrite, and to form opinions on issues that we all contribute to. I've learned a lot about how truth has no place in a world where people only see the two sides they want to their side, and the other side. The world is a million shades of gray, but that's inconvenient for people who want to see in black and white, since that's how they choose to paint their picture. As humans, we seek validation and affirmation over information and knowledge. We have a confirmation bias. In other words, we look for evidence to support what we already believe and subconsciously ignore the things that contradict that. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. If we didn't have a reticular activating system in our brains to ignore what we thought irrelevant, we'd be overloaded with information that's being hurled at us 24-7, 365. This can be a bit damaging if you're married to an idea and the echo chamber of repetitive information and people that validate that idea. These are the things you choose to expose yourself to. Also, those are the key ingredients to your comfort zone. On top of that, it could be dramatically worse if your view of the world is nothing but shit. Simply put, if you think your life sucks your life will suck. You'll ignore that full fridge, your internet access, your running water, your clean clothes, etc. Do you focus on the people you love or do you focus on the ones that won't return your calls? Do you share your problems or your joys with those people? Realize every thought you have is a brushstroke on the picture you're painting, the world you see. None of this negates the extreme issues the world is facing, but let's not lose sight of that most. If not all, of these issues were always in existence. Shit, even viewing these issues as an opportunity to find some additional gratitude in the life you have. Motivation to spread beauty, even if it's on the local level. The only reason you're not good enough is because you're thinking it. It took Edison 9,999 failures to finally make the light bulb. Colonel Sanders was turned down by more than 10,000 restaurants before starting his own. The choice to ignore it or step into the bullshit is up to you. Make an excuse to be happy right now and start splashing those thoughts on your painting. Your life is art, a never-ending work in progress. It only gets completed when you're dead. Every day is a new day to see it the way you want and for what it truly is. 
Yeah, and that's what it is, guys. How do you like those uh, those new opening monologues, guys? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you want me to cut them? Do you want me to keep them? I need to know your thoughts. Um, they take a little bit of time to produce, um, a little bit of time to write, and uh, to get it correctly, to record it correctly is a little bit of a hassle. But hey, it uh, I think it feels good. Uh, it's a good match for this podcast, and I think we're going to be good with it, man. Um, but let's address some things right away. I was uh, my buddy Lamar Chantmaker Wright and his boy Big Phil. They have a podcast called the Everyday Talk Podcast, and they mentioned me on the podcast about uh, one of the posts I had on Facebook, some of my social medias there, uh, and some of the responses. And I think there was a little confusion in what I was trying to say. I don't think I was clear enough in what I was trying to say. So I'm going to address some comments here. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually play you the portion of their show where they mention uh, what was going on. And I'm going to dig into some things there because I think there's there's a miscommunication happening somewhere and I want that to stop. And I want to be exactly very, very clear on what's going on. But I also want you to realize that <laughs> this show, I do not hold my tongue. I don't, uh, I don't bend for anybody. So I will be addressing Chantmaker and Big Phil in a way that is suitable for this show. Uh, you guys know what that means. Voices will be raised um, and I'll probably end up cussing them out somehow <laughs> even even though they're my boys like those guys are great i love the show i really 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 do appreciate their show and i do think they're doing a great great thing in their community leaders in their community um they're they're helping kids uh with their boxing chant maker his, his name is chant maker because he's an actual a professional boxing coach uh big phil is his man from uh, uh, you know they, they've been brothers they grew up together right they say they're cousins or whatever but they're like brothers you know um one thing I did want to mention before this starts, um, I did cut out the before and after. Obviously, the segment's about maybe two minutes, I think. Um, so you'll before I start this, I want you to realize that Big Phil actually has his son with him while he's explaining this. And then after this clip, he goes into um, the time he first met his father when he turned 16 and the relationship they have now. And I think that's very important because... Uh, he has his son there, and he's explaining about his father to his son. Now, you're not going to hear that clip. If you want to hear that, go check out the Everyday Talk podcast. Uh, they're everywhere, guys. Go to go to uh, Spotify, search uh, Lamar Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, or search Champ Maker, or search, search the Everyday Talk podcast. And I will also leave a link to that down below in the comments or in the, um, in the episode description so that you guys can actually get it. So, without further ado, here's that show, and I'll be back after this clip. There's been a discussion, and my boy Podcast P, if you look at hey, his Facebook Hey, post, shout out to Podcast P, man. He shot me out on Facebook. I accepted his friend request. I told you Lopez was going to win. I told him. Dude, you pulled a rabbit out of a hat. I told Podcast P, Lopez, I don't care if it was a rabbit, a knife, a, a, a fingernail. I pulled it. <laughs> you, you, you did pull that out your ass. Hey, shit, it's a big ass, so a lot look, of shit coming out. But he has a, a lot of interesting things that he posts on uh -huh. Facebook, a lot of social things. Uh, matter of fact, go check out his show. I don't even know why I should be telling people to go check out his show. <laughs> the man shared. He has over 1.1 million downloads, and the shit was just ridiculous. He don't even care. Podcast P is the truth, man. But that's my boy, Podcast P. Check out yeah. The Morning P. That's his podcast, The Morning P. But he shared recently um, a status that, some, that said, like, should black, you know, because we know the how the black father isn't in the home right. uh, as uh, like other uh, ethnic groups has their father in the home. So the post basically says, should black men step up in their community and help raise 
the the little kids um, who don't have a father in a home. Yes. So, but he was like, well, why should it just only be, his question was, why should it only be just black men? But, and, and I hit him with, well, if you look in the black community, uh, by far, there's more black fathers that's not in a home, that's not raising their kids. So, yes, I, I believe that all black positive men should be in their community helping other single mothers raise their children to become men. Right. You know, this This is a, you know, matter of fact, we're in a pandemic. That's a pandemic within the black community of itself. That been, we've been in that pandemic for years. This, yeah. this, is, this is not the corona. That's, that's, that's our pandemic. It is. Coming from a person, the first time I seen my, my, my biological father when I was 16. All right, guys, like I said, I'm going to cut it off right there. Um, and he was just about to go into his story about when he first met his father. Um, so I think there was a little confusion, like I said, guys. Um, the post, uh, I'm not even sure if I posted I think I commented on it. I think um, I said, well, why does it have to be just black men? And I understand the sentiment that uh, that champ maker was saying. He was saying, um, you, you know, the, the epidemic of this or the pandemic of this is that there's more single parent families in the, within the black community than any other race. And. What I meant by my comment of why just the black, why just black men, is that why do why do we feel like it has to be just black men to mentor these children? Um, I I don't I know it's strange to hear, right? I know there's a lot there's going to be a lot of feedback about this. I don't really see color when it comes to raising humans, if that makes any sense. I'm half black and half white. Okay, if my father was white and my mother was black, I wouldn't care. I would still be the same person. If I was raised by Hispanics or if I was raised by, um, uh, who know, if I was Greek, who, if I was African, whatever, it would, I, I still think, I still think, and if my parents are Canadian, I believe that the, the morals and the, you know, the morals and the values and everything I hold dear would still be there as well. So I think it doesn't matter which race raises these kids. I think what we need is more positive male influence in these homes of single parents. Especially with boys, I got into a lot of trouble, and I had a father in the house growing up. All right, I wasn't a single parent family but that I grew up in. I grew up with my sister, my mother, and my father. My father was always working, and my mother would uh, be was a homemaker for most of her life. So, I had these positive influences, and I really want to uh, I really want to send a shout out to Chant Maker and and Big Phil because these guys work with kids all the time, right? And I'm sure it's not just black kids, right? These are these are two black black males. And uh, I don't think they work with just black kids. So I think I think the discussion has to be had of why are we putting um, a, a, a color in front of these topics? Why are we putting a color in front of um, these things that need to be solved within our society, within our culture? Right now, I understand when people say, OK, well, it's our culture. So we don't want we don't pe want people infringing on that. I could kind of understand that. But at the same time, you have to realize that without positive male role models in the house, kids are going to be badasses. Right. That's why mothers have to be so strong these days. That's why mothers are always doing everything. They're holding all this back. So it builds up a lot of frustration within the household. Feminine energy is not what males need growing up. They do need some of it. They do need, they need their mother's love, but they also need their father's discipline and love, right? A, a mother cannot be the disciplinarian and be the one that is loving the kids and taking care of the household and trying to take care of all the other things that would otherwise be taken care of if she was in a relationship, right? So that's another core issue we have to get to is why is there so many single female mothers, 
it is like like Chantmaker said, it's an epidemic. It's a pandemic. It's whatever you want to call it. It's something that is ruining our community, and I think it is something we need to address. But again, I do not want just black fathers or black males uh, mentoring black youth. It makes no sense to me. If we want equality, then let's make this equal. Okay. Now, if the roles were reversed, and and actually, I think it was a, it was an article somebody shared. And the article was like, we need black, more black men to mentor black kids, right? And they were saying something about, um, they were saying something about other races, you know, trying to mentor these kids. And I think that is racist in itself. If you were to reverse those terms, and if you were to say white men need to mentor white kids and black people may, may, need not apply, I think there would be an upheaval. There would be an upheaval in society saying, why the hell would you write that article? Why can't black men do this, right? And I think it's the exact same thing in the black community. If you... If we're fighting for equality, then let's fight for equality. Let's let's not pretend it's equality and really we're segregating ourselves again. I mentioned it on a couple podcasts ago. We we have to stop segregating ourselves. Stop using these terms that that are that are uh, drawing us out of society. People look at that, the general public will look at that and say, Well, they're and this is just a sentiment I'm I'm getting from the people I speak with about these topics. It's and, and this 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 translates to Black Lives Matter. This translates to uh, uh, anything. Black colleges, you know what I mean? Like these these are things we need to talk about. Having a race before any ter- before any kind of comment or any kind of term or any kind of uh, um, statement, you are literally cutting off half the population from either respecting it, wanting to do it, or taking the time to help build their community because of it. This is something that I think a lot of people are missing. When they're saying we want equality, and the reason I'm, I'm the reason I'm focusing on this so much is because this is something that needs to be addressed, and I don't think there's a lot of people talking about it. And the people that are talking about it, guys like myself, um, are are being called you know the racial slurs by our own people, right? Like I said, I get called coon all the time, right? I get called Uncle Tom all the time. People I love call me that because it takes time to explain these things to people, and people like I said don't want to listen to the other sides. Right, people want people want what's in their face, and they don't want to look at they don't want to look at the full spectrum of what's going on. Right, that's why that opening monologue is so important. Like I said, go back and listen to it. All right, it is about your life, but if you're not taking into account everybody else, you're not taking into account society and the way they uh, the way they're viewing things. We're never going to get anywhere. Right, civil rights started back in the '60s, and now we're talking about 2020 right now. 60 years. Six zero years with little to no progress except for equal within the law. That that's it. People that are looking at us differently in societies because we're doing that to ourselves, and I really truly believe that we're acting in ways and doing things contradictory to our outcome. Right? We have a goal, but we're doing things that aren't uh, that aren't conducive to that goal. And even if we did do those things that are conducive to that goal, we keep moving the goalpost. Again, back to that, right? Um, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying we just have to settle. I, I would never say settle. Fight, fight for what you believe in. Fight for what you think is right. But do it in a right way. Do it in a positive way. Do it in a way so that when the youth coming up see you doing this, it's a positive influence, not a negative one. The reason that black people, uh, right now, the reason the reason that colored people and cops don't get along. And haven't now we're at a stage right now where cops are killing black people simply because it's not simply because there's a lot of stuff to this. I, I I take that back. It's not simply because in the 60s civil rights movement, right? There was so much bullshit going on. That, those were our parents going through that or our grandparents going through that. 
So coming up in a household, you would hear things like, don't trust the cops. The cops can't be trusted. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because cops aren't your friend, right? Well, why don't we start teaching our kids that cops are our friends? They our, they're our friends. That's what I was taught. I've never had a problem with a police officer in my life. And I've been arrested. I've gone to jail. I've served my time. I've done so many stupid things in my youth. And I never had, yes, I've had, I've had pushy officers, right? But I've never had a cop, you know, want to punch me in the face or shoot me, whatever, whatever the case may be, right? There's, there's a certain term of respect that they demand simply because they're put in a position to have to demand that respect so that they can control the situations that they're put into, right? We need to stop these, these negative terms that we're telling our kids. We need to stop. And, and, I, and I big up Big Phil. He, um, he said, listen, man, uh, if you go back and listen to not the clip I played, but if you go back and listen to their full episode, he was saying, you know, he could have had his son go to his grandmother's place um, or, you know, and uh, his son could be playing video games all day and Ray, Ray, Ray. But he said, you know what? You're going to roll with me today because I want to show you some things, right? So we rolled out and he was having this co- having a conversation, a, a real legit conversation uh, with, with his brother about what it means to be a man and how we can bring these youth up in a way that is different from our parents and better from our parents because that's really the ultimate goal, guys. What are we doing here? If we're not... If we're not trying to live our life better than our parents and trying to raise our kids up better than we were, then there's no progression. See, right now we're on a slippery slope. We're sliding downhill. We're going back to the 60s, 1960s, and it's not good, right? It's not a good feel. It's not a good look for anybody. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're doing this to ourselves. See, we have an obligation to society to, society to fulfill what we need to fulfill, Right. There's a there's a certain there's a certain way we have to act. There's a certain way we have to speak. There's a certain way we have to uh, um, uh, um, hold ourselves in society. And we're not doing that. We're not holding ourselves accountable. We're not being we're not being responsible for our own actions because we feel that our actions are justified due to this, quote unquote, systemic racism that's been happening for the last 60 years. And I completely understand that. But we need to get past that mindset. And we need to get into the mindset of, okay, this is where we are now. Let's get to the next step, right? You know, I, I talk about the protests and I talk about everything else that's going on. And yeah, great. It's it's legal to protest. It's legal to do that. But would you rather be protesting for, for two weeks or would you rather go to job for two weeks and have money to pay your bills and be able to feed your kids and be able to teach them that hard work, that uh, work ethic is is, uh, is, uh, is the thing you need to do or, or take those two weeks and build your business and show your kids that this business is something that they're going to eat off of too. You can pass that down. That's generational wealth. I speak about this all the time. My father, my father works 60 hours a week every single day. Well, six days a week when I was coming up from the time, from the time since I can remember until about 16 years old, six days a week, 10 hours a day, no joke. And my mother was a homemaker. My dad, I never had real conversations with my dad until I was, I was about 30 years old, you know? And, uh, he said to me, you know, we were, we've always been close, but we've never had these conversations about what he was doing and why he was doing it. Right. We were just chilling out one day and he says, you know, he almost broke down crying and he said, listen, Pernell, um, I know I know I worked a lot while you were growing up and I know I didn't spend the, all the time I could have with you and that I should have with you, but I felt that I, I taught you what you needed to know. I, I, I thought that I taught you the values and morals and respect and, and, and your culture like, I, like you deserve to know. And he started crying and he said, I, 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 was just, I was doing what I needed to do for us to survive. And I completely understand that sentiment, right? But now in my life, my son is eight years old, 
I'm not going to work 60 hours a week and never see my son and not do the same things my father did. Why? Because I'm, I, I'm, I have the intelligence to learn a better way, right? You have to remember that humans evolve, right? Society evolves. Cultures evolve. We have to take what we learn from our parents and move it forward so that we can teach our kids the same things but on a higher level, right? So many black businesses are out right now. So many Hispanics, so many people of color, quote unquote, people of color businesses, business owners that are doing what they need to do and, and building this wealth for their families, right? And I'm not talking just their immediate family. They're building things that, so that their, their extended family are, are taken care of. You know what I mean? We have Oprah. We have Oprah who's a billionaire who's able to do whatever she wants. She has fucking dogs. She doesn't have kids. Why are we listening to Oprah? Why are you taking celebrities and taking this culture and listening to what rappers say and, and say, yes, that's the lifestyle I want, right? Let's go, you know, I'm going to go sell drugs and buck shots on the street and this and that, right? We're not talking to our kids about having a conversation with somebody you feel aggravated by. You know, we're not having conversations with our kids about telling people how they feel about what somebody just said to them, right? We're, we're, we're teaching them to, to, to knuckle up, right? Sometimes being a man means stepping back and saying, listen, I don't accept what you just said to me. You disrespected me, right? We have to be able to have conversations first before we go to knuckle up, right? It's, it's ingrained in us. It was ingrained in me for a long, long time, right? Knuckle up, like man up. We get that shit all the time, man up, right? We hear it from our boys. We hear it from our, our, our male figures in our life. You know, we hear it from our friends. We hear it from everybody around this block. And if, and if you don't man up, you get called a little bitch and you get called this and that and your names and insults, they all come flying at you because we're at that age, you know, 13 or 12 to 18, whatever it is, or 21 or 25, we keep hearing that we have to be strong. We have to be who we are. We have to stand up for what we believe in. We have to, but we have to stand and nobody beat us down. Okay, that's true. It's true, but did you try words first? And I know it sounds fucking hippie, man. I know it sounds hippie, but I'm telling you, the more I learn to communicate with how I feel in the negative terms, then the more I'm able to realize that knuckling up is not for me. Listen, I was every single day from junior high to the end of high school, I was in a fight almost every single day. Any one of my friends that I still talk to now will attest to that. Every single day. That's no joke. That was because I was a knucklehead. I was, my ego got in the way. You know, my pride got in the way. My honor was, I felt my honor was disrespected. You know, these things now I can dust off, brush them off my shoulder and say, listen, listen, I don't care who the fuck you, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I'm not him. You will address me with respect. You will address me in a way that is proper in this society. I don't accept your terms. I don't accept what you're telling me right now. I don't agree with what you're telling me. So either you change your tone or I'm going to walk away. I know it's difficult. Walking away is difficult because you feel that you don't want your pride and your ego to be smashed. You don't want this, um, you don't want this, this feeling of your boys that are going to come out and start, you know, clowning you, right? Who gives a fuck? Who really, who gives a fuck? Nobody in my life now can clown me if, and be serious about it. Do you know what I mean? Nobody in my life can put me down. Nobody in my life can tell me who I am because I know myself better than any one of them. And that's one of the key things we need to focus on again, guys. When you know who you are as a person, it's easier to deal with all the other external bullshit. Because when you're centered, when you're a person that knows who you are, who, what your core values and your beliefs are, 
what when you've done your research on any kind of issues facing the world and you're able to accurately depict that and depict your opinion on it and 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 be able to transfer that to the person you're speaking with that holds far more weight than wanting to scrap somebody it really does not only that you gain more respect in the long run not only for from that person but you'll gain self-respect so let's bring that back guys let's drop the ego let's drop let's drop the pride let's let's drop all that bullshit and get back to self-respect and self-worth realize who you are and what you do is yours nobody else's take responsibility for your actions take accountability for your words hold your friends accountable for what they say and what they do if somebody's doing dirt tell them if that's your friend and you're supposed that you're that's your supposed friend and you love them and they're going to go do they're going to go rob a bank they're going to go shoot this guy or rob this guy or sell drugs explain to them say listen you're my boy i love you i don't want this negative shit to happen yes we need money let's go find some let's go get it the right way right would you rather would you rather sell drugs and have a lot of money for a short amount of time or build and gain character through that building of a business and learn lessons along the way and be financially set for the rest of your life because i can tell you right now selling drugs gets you a lot of money but it also got me four years in the bin you understand when you have responsible when you're responsible you have accountability and you take your self-worth to the next level that translates to everybody else around you period and people will respect you more because you respect yourself enough not to put yourself into these positions now like i said i understand it's hard there's a lot of people living way below where i'm living right now in terms of financial in terms of family in terms of support in terms of everything else it's dirty out there guys it's grimy but those grimy moments and those times where you think you can't change at all, those are the times. Those are the times that truly test your mettle. This is where you prove to yourself and everybody else who you truly are. And for me, that's not being a thug. That's not holding a gun and robbing, a, robbing somebody. That's showing my people how to get to the next level. That's showing my people that this is the wrong way to go and this is the right way to go. And your dreams can become reality if you just focus, if you buckle down, if you get the information and the knowledge that you want, that you need to make that work, then you can do anything you want. Anything. Start holding your people accountable. Start holding the people accountable that are doing negative shit. And if they don't stop and they don't take your word, then they're disrespecting you. And you need to leave their, you need to leave that acquaintance wherever they are and walk away. I know it's difficult to hear, but it is what it is. Listen, guys, uh, that's it. I'm, uh, it's 721 at night. I got to tuck my kid in for, for, for bed. So that's it for tonight, guys. A little short episode. Just wanted to get that off my chest. Champ, make sure make sure and check out Champ Maker and Big Phil on uh, Everyday Talk Podcast. You can find them everywhere. Literally 10 or 12 platforms are on uh, Spotify, Anchor, all that bullshit. Make sure and check them out, guys. I guarantee you they're doing great, great things within their community. And their podcast, um, their podcast is focused on... Uh, there's sports and there's boxing, obviously, because he's a professional boxing coach. But now that now that Big Phil has come onto the show, they're talking more uh, about how to be responsible responsible adults within our culture and how to teach these kids lessons um, and how to teach them the right way and the, and the best things to go. So I really do. I truly, truly love the show, guys. Um, 
this is not a paid ad, by the way. It's not. This is uh, this is me. Uh, this is me helping uh, a fellow a fellow partner on this on the same path. That's what it is, man. Um, I love you guys. I'll see you in the next one. I'm out. Peace.